Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Welcome back to the Soul Driven with Steph podcast. I am so excited today. I've been waiting to interview my um, friend and mentor, Misty Lam. Well, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> we had to reschedule a couple of times. Yes, so thank you for life, your right? tenacity to get us together. Of course. Um, I'm excited to do this interview kind of at the end of this year, too. To You're a big visionary, and I love just talking big vision with you, but it all starts somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit of your origin story. What brought you into entrepreneurship and really the dance industry? So I love a good origin story. And the reason is that I think people can relate a lot where maybe I came from or where you came from, but also those beginnings, because so Mm -hmm. many entrepreneurs that I speak with, they, they want to know, how did you build this studio or this yeah. national network of studios? And they're looking at something that's really, really big. Right. And where they are when they're asking, maybe that gap seems too far. Like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. That yeah. seems too big or too complicated. So I like the origin story because mm-hmm. it really just levels the playing field and it allows you know somebody who's doing something like I'm doing now to say, but yes, there was a day when I was just a kid in a dance <laughs> class. Yes. My mom enrolled me for dance because I was overcoming a birth defect, a club foot that was surgically corrected, that I had childhood asthma and doctors said dance would be great. <laughs> and, you know, for me, it was it was great until it wasn't great. I had a couple of not great student experiences. And I said, maybe this isn't for me. I'm in elementary school. And my mom, wise as she was, said, we're not going to keep taking you if you're <laughs> hiding under your bed and not going and giving us fuss about it. But then I realized that I really did love dance in middle school. I just maybe didn't like those certain experiences. Mm -hmm. So I went back and still had to take class with the elementary school kids because that's where my skill level had left me. And I really became motivated to practice and to take every single style and learn as much as I could. And by the time I hit high school, I was absolutely hooked. Dance was my, what social scientists call a third place. It's Mm -hmm. that place outside of home and school where you can thrive as a young adult. So Dance was that third place for me, and I became a teacher, which became the love of my life. And there's a period of time where I thought the next obvious step is to be a dancer. I'm mm-hmm. going to audition. I'm going to New York. And I had a moment where I was accepted into a professional program, and it was called the Elvin Ailey American Dance Center. <laughs> if you're in dance, that's just, you know, that's kind of the holy grail, or at least one of the big well-known companies in America. I got accepted into their training program. I just I knew after watching them perform that the classroom would be my stage. I just I felt that in my soul. I love that this is a, mm-hmm. a, a soul podcast. I just yes. felt like it was a 
message from God himself that the classroom would be my stage. So at a young age, I'm talking 19 or 20, I said, no, I'm going to open a dance school. And I, I think a lot of people wondered why on earth I would have done that. Oh, I, yeah. I would stay here when I had the opportunity yeah. to go do what looked like a really big thing in New York City. But I've never regretted the decision 26 years later. Yeah. Here we are wow. in the community. We've had over 10,000 kids come through our local program. And we've had over 100,000 kids experience our, our national network of schools. And it's just, it's something that I couldn't have imagined. Right. And that's why I like to tell that Genesis yeah. origin story, because it really did just start with an idea and just really feeling like I was following what I was called to do. Yeah. I and mean, it didn't make sense. And I had no resources and no business right. background. Yes. And following that, like that nudge from God yes. to just go a different direction than maybe what was expected mm -hmm. of you or what you intended to do. So what people know as Missy's Dance Unlimited today is 26 years in the making, That's like right. you said, is it, it did not start out no. as it is now. So let, take us through just some of the first few years. What were, you know, what was it like when you started? What were some of the growing pains or the challenges that you had to overcome? Oh my goodness. I have such <laughs> clear memories of, we had, we almost, we had just launched and I had a wedding coming up in a year. So this, this was my, my first commitment and my first baby, if you want to yeah. call it that. I mean, really as an entrepreneur, you feel like you're totally creating this and bring it into the world. And I would go at 7am. I would take my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I would <laughs> you know, conduct the business or what I understood as the business activities yeah. all day long, you know, handwriting ledgers and making phone book ads <laughs> and sending flyers out to try to attract yeah. students. And then at 4 p.m., I had a costume change and became the main teacher mm -hmm. of the school. I taught over half of the classes. And then I would do a costume change and become the janitor. And I would yeah. clean the studio. And then 11 or later, I'd go home and I would start again the next day. So those early years, I think they were very valuable because I learned how to do every element mm -hmm. of the business. I learned to appreciate every future team member's contribution right. to the business and every level <laughs> yeah. of the business. But I will say that I think I hung on to doing everything myself too long. Sure. And created some possibly unnecessary growing pains yeah. because I just, I, I thought that if I could do it, I should do everything right. myself. I also thought that I should be the best teacher of all of the styles and all of the ages. And that's not actually possible. Right. Yeah. So I think it took me an unusually long amount of time to make peace with the fact that as an entrepreneur, I not only probably can't, but shouldn't mm -hmm. try to be the master of all arenas right. of the business. And, and that was kind of a, a, a long growing pain that yeah. I had to overcome. Yeah, for sure. And what, how long would you say was that time frame until you decided, okay, I need to start bringing people on. I can't be the only teacher. So I wish I would have come <laughs> to that brilliant, you know, idea on my own, but really it was when we started having kids mm. and we now have five kids, but yeah. at that time we had just the one and, and then two and then three. So imagine you have <laughs> a couple of kids, they're all mm -hmm. under the age of five. I'm at home during the day now doing those same business activities yep. with kids running around. And then I high five my husband, get to the studio and I teach mm -hmm. every night of the week. And then I realized my daughter was going to go to kindergarten mm. and I would be gone all night. Yeah, we'd be gone all day. And I would go from having this very present relationship with my daughter and future kids mm -hmm. to having no presence or visibility into right. their lives. And I just I woke up one day and that reality hit me and I thought, oh, I'm I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm going to have to 
bring good, more good people in around me. We always mm-hmm. had teachers, but we did not have full-time team members at that point. Right. We did not have program directors. We did not have, you know, a lot of outsourced resources mm-hmm. like accounting and marketing. So I started a long journey at that point now saying, how can I get this to a place where I can fulfill what are now two callings to build this beautiful studio environment where kids can have mm-hmm. this third place and we can have a positive impact on the community. That's the studio calling, but also called to be present in the lives of my children and mm-hmm. in the in my marriage. And the only way to do that was to raise up more support from within the studio mm-hmm. and bring more support in yep. from outside. And you know, as an <laughs> entrepreneur, that all of a sudden that takes you backwards a little bit yeah. business-wise, right? right? So you finally get to the point where you're like, this is working. Yeah. And then you have to expand maybe to another studio room mm-hmm. or to another location or bring on more people. All of a sudden you're like, wow, I was doing all the work and there's nothing left for me again. <laughs> and businesses kind of go through those yeah. stair step, right? Like we're growing, 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 but something has to change and it took all my resources. So you grind it yeah. out a little bit and then you recover. And then you know we've done this, so many times. So I'm not mm-hmm. afraid of it now. I'm not right. afraid to reinvest in the business, mm-hmm. but that is how the cycle goes. Yeah. And you oftentimes just learn that from do- going through yes. it yourself, right? If you don't have anyone to kind of forewarn you, which yes. is why I'm so grateful that you have been that guiding light for me and so many other dance studio owners. So let's kind of shift to that. So you get to a point where you're stable, you have a successful business, you have a team, you're still growing. So you're still in the arena doing the things um, within the business, but not all the teaching and not all the doing, and then decide hey, I feel like this is something I can share with other dance studio studio owners. What kind of um, inspired you to launch More Than Just Great Dancing? Well, again, I'll say I wish I could take credit for this (laughs) idea. I really feel like it was something that came to me, both from people Mm. and then also just, you know, God just saying this is this is your next step. This is the way you can contribute. So when we got to be about 12 years into running the business, it felt pretty stable at that time. We had a pile of kids at home. I was no longer teaching mm-hmm. as much as I was any before. Maybe I taught one day a week for a couple of hours. We had administrative support, so it had become very manageable. Mm-hmm. And I started writing for our industry magazine, sure. and speaking on the conference tour. And what I realized when I started speaking on the conference tour is that the reaction from the audience told me the way we were running Misty's Dance Unlimited was not a normal way to run it. So mm-hmm. when I spoke about how we had been able to hire that help inside the studio, how I was able to be present for my kids and their school activities or be home for bedtime or dinner time, how we were able to make a living doing right, this thing yeah. dance school, how we were able to be a blessing to the community by giving to the community and provide professional jobs. And we were doing it all with you know, the kids at the front of our mind, like what's best for the kids and what's in a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a positive, healthy experience for kids. And people would call, they would write, they would come to the studio after that. They'd stand in line for two hours after I'd get wow. done speaking to just yeah. ask questions about this. And I thought, I think <laughs> there's probably an opportunity here mm-hmm. to help others get here faster yeah. than the 10 plus year journey it took me to get there. Right. Myself with all of the bumps and bruises and the the, the pain and right. the hard lessons, University of Hard Knocks. Yeah, I have, literally. I have a couple degrees from, yeah, from same. that school. <laughs> So, and then I just really started praying about what would that look like? Mm -hmm. And knowing that if I moved in that direction, I would even need more support around my studio Mm -hmm. because I had gotten myself out of most of the classroom 
kind of contributions and I was more contributing to the administrative team. Yep. But I knew I couldn't have two full-time jobs. Right. So it would be another level of equipping then a general manager, a school director, an office manager, which would mean, again, (laughs) that all of the investment resources until over Mm -hmm. many years' time that could catch up. But, you know, I I followed that calling Mm -hmm. and really became a a teacher to business owners. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I first started teaching kids dance. Mm -hmm. Then I taught our teachers how to teach, and, and many of them to be very clear came with their own wonderful coaching <laughs> skills, but just, I became a coach of the teachers yeah, yep. and I became a coach of our admin team. Mm-hmm. And then I became a coach of other business owners. Mm-hmm. And for the last 12 years, uh, we've been running a program called more than just great dancing and just recently stepped into a new calling. Yeah. And that's a program called ensemble schools. So we just completed a merger of more than yeah. just dancing and ensemble. So now I feel like I have an opportunity to influence a, a group of schools that are all owned and operated by a company. And that's exciting for me because I had in, in my more than just great dancing, that's our studio support program. We get to suggest things like we really suggest Mm -hmm. that you do things (laughs) a certain way working for a school that a company that owns schools, I can actually make that integration. So it's a fun um, next step for me to go from Originally, I was just reporting to the industry. This is how I do it at Misty's Dance. Mm-hmm. Then when we had that national program called More Than Just Great Dancing, I was coaching and advising dance mm-hmm. school owners. You could do it like this. Mm-hmm. And now I actually get to say, schools that we own and operate, let's build in these positive things. Right. And that's exciting it's like for that me. next level. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm so excited for you. That's been a huge goal of yours yes. since day one with yes. more than just great dancing. So to see that come into fruition yeah. is very, very cool. Um, so you've built, and I mean, you have had other businesses over the years. Yes. You have investments. You have all these other different kind of layers and levels mm-hmm. to what you've referred to as like your portfolio really um, of being an entrepreneur yes. and like wanting to have your hands in multiple things. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who has that nudge and call to do a lot of things? Because I think oftentimes we're kind of shut down. Like yes. you have this one thing, why don't you just do that? <laughs> um, when there are really unique gifts that you can share and spread in a lot of different ways, but I have learned from you through even the enterprise program that building a second business, like you got to do it differently when you have other businesses that you still need to operate and maintain. So any advice to people that feel called to do multiple things and build multiple things? Yeah. So I think that's a great question. (laughs) And I've had a lot of great mentors who have given me advice saying, you know, where's the kind of point between you're focusing on something that you're great at and it's working and there's also wisdom in not having all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Right. So, for example, uh, during the pandemic, we lost 80% of our enrollment at Missy's Dance Unlimited. Mm-hmm. That would have been a devastating event <laughs> that we, if we only had Misty's Dance yep. Unlimited, you know, I don't know if we would still be here in this way, mm-hmm. shape, or form right now. We would still have all of these jobs if we would have been able to continue services, mm-hmm. losing 80% of our business in a few yep. short months of time, right? In a multi-year climb, we've recovered about to about 70 some percent. And that's for almost four years later. And we're later. going into four <laughs> years later, right? which is so crazy. If that had been our, our only yeah. investment, that would be really difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. So we, we put the appropriate amount of focus so that 
everything is taken care of and there's there's people there to guide it, it has the appropriate resources. But then we've made other investments like more than just great dancing. We have a dance store. We've invested in real estate so that when something comes up, we're not as vulnerable mm-hmm. to changes. And no one could have predicted no. something like the <laughs> pandemic. But if you were in a brick and mortar business yeah. at that time, you know, I know. it was yeah. an exceptionally <laughs> difficult, difficult period of time, yes. which not only from a revenue standpoint, but you know, trying Just, to be all things to all yeah. people and make space for all people and their experiences of how you know they, they were walking through that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you know, 10 years prior, Mm-hmm. We had made the choice to basically multitask on mission. So mm-hmm. if everybody's really down on multitasking, I get it because, you know, <laughs> you have 27 tabs open. Yeah, computer, right. And you go in and out of them all day, you are going to erode some of your effectiveness. Mm-hmm. But when you open or invest in another business, you're saying on the front side, I am going to split my attention for a certain period of time mm-hmm. on purpose. I'm multitasking on a mission because I think if I can manage both for a period of time, I end up with two things that have value and two things Mm -hmm. that contribute. So, you know, over the years, we've been built and invested in a variety of companies, Misty's Dance Unlimited. That's our legacy company Mm -hmm. in the the community. I'm a proud owner of that for 26 years. And uh, my daughter's become involved with it. We've had long multi-decade employees who Mm -hmm. this is a vital part of their life and they're a vital part of our studio life. And then I have other things I've invested in where I really had a one to three year investment mm-hmm. horizon on it, a very, very different outlook where I said, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to help. And I expect in two to three years that I will no longer yeah. be in You'll this. You'll get so, your return on yes. your time invested. Mm-hmm. And I look at that a little bit like, you know, how some people might look at a stock portfolio where mm-hmm. they might say, well, what portion of your retirement do you want in something really kind of slow and steady, right? Like a bond or a T-bill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you want is something that's a little bit more moderate and you, do you want to throw something into town? Yeah. Right. That, you know, which could be awesome and ever changing. Yeah. You know, lose it all. Yep. So I kind of look at my investment in businesses that way, mm-hmm. where my, my studio is my, my local commitment and it's that long-term legacy. I had some midterm mm-hmm. um, investments that I made, like more than mm-hmm. just great dancing. And then I've done some short things where for one or two years at a time, I come in more like a silent partner sure. and I help somebody to get their dream going. But the expectation is that's for a very short period mm-hmm. of time. And I, I think that's part of the reason for me why I've been able to stay in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so long, because I like to build, mm-hmm. I like to create, I um, I like to contribute, I like to see other yeah, entrepreneurs right. build, you know, build their thing. So it's been exciting. I, yeah, I look it keeps back it at fresh. Almost three decades now. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I think that's anything. Go. Like, if you want to stay passionate about yes. what you're doing, you have to add some sort of fresh perspective yes. or energy into it throughout the years. Or yeah, you're gonna get bored. You're gonna get um, kind of stale. And um, I think by kind of staying, like you've always said, kind of looking up and out yes. into the future in the long term. Um, and just knowing yourself, right? Like not everyone is meant to have 10 businesses, you know, or investments and that's okay. But like knowing that if that's what you want to. Yes. But even if you just stay in your one thing, mm-hmm. how do you keep it fresh? How exactly. do you keep life in it? And let's use an example that everybody understands fitness. And I know that's mm-hmm. your background. Yep. So let's say you make a commitment to fitness. Well, if you did the same workout every oh, day for years, yeah. 
you're, it's going to start to feel like an obligation or a grind. Mm-hmm. You're not going to look forward to it. Then you'll skip once in a while and then pretty soon yep. it's something you don't even do. Yep. So, you know, what you do when you're developing a fitness plan or a meal plan mm-hmm. is you try to find ways that you can build breaks and variety mm-hmm. and new things to explore. Cross training. Cross training. Keep it fresh. Keep your body healthy, your mind healthy. Yes. So we need yeah. that. So even if it's just, not, not just, but even if your choice is to focus on one business, you need to build that in. Mm-hmm. I just chose to focus on more than one. And if I can go back to one of those original things that we said, where investing in more than one thing helped during the pandemic from mm-hmm. a financial standpoint, because we didn't have all of our eggs in one basket right. when we lost 80% yeah. of our business. But if you focus on one, what can you do that's kind of different inside Within of that, that. business? Yeah, for sure. Just to kind of reduce your concentration mm-hmm. risk is what it's called. You know, it's that eggs in one basket thing. So, you know, if you are Maybe you have a local brick and mortar store and you say, okay, great. Well, how could we also sell online mm-hmm. from within our store? Exactly. Right? Or if you're a restaurant, okay, how can we have foot traffic and catering mm-hmm. or get into birthday parties or graduation? Yeah. So how with your one thing, can you reduce some of the concentration risks? Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that we know for sure is that we don't know for sure. Exactly. What's and, going to happen? Right. And one thing you've always taught too, is like to go deeper with the people you already have, you know, it costs less to just go deeper with your really awesome VIP loyal clients yes. to serve them on a deeper level. And I think you have always done a really great job, especially in more than just great dancing, showing that through, you know, the top level membership and the executive board and like really taking that and running with it. Um, so thinking about that in your own business, it's not always acquiring new clients and offering new things. That's yes. how can I go deeper with the people that I have too. 100%. Um, something you mentioned that I absolutely wanted to touch on, um, because when I first met you five years ago, which is kind of crazy how fast those five years went, but I was in dire need of a mentor. I still can't believe I was in business for six years without really any sort of like guidance around me. And that was a huge reason why I decided to take the leap, um, to be in your building was because I saw that as being invaluable. Um, and you really pulled me right into the community and I get to, you know, be a coach for it and all of that. But, um, there's just so much value to mentorship. And I know, um, you've had mentors and you now mentor a lot of people. So when someone is looking for a mentor, what are some of the things that they should look for? Yeah, that's a great question. And just a shout out to all my mentors over the years. (laughs) You know who you are, but I absolutely would not be in the place that Mm -hmm. I'm in today without people who looked at what I was doing or looked at me as a person and said, I see value Mm -hmm. there. And I, you know, I would like to help. So I think the first question I would ask is you kind of like what kind of help do you need right now or what kind Mm -hmm. of relationship are you looking for? So if you kind of put mentors on a spectrum, you could have a mentor that technically you never meet. It could be an author. So Mm -hmm. for example, I had considered John Maxwell, a great leadership author, my mentor for 15 years before I ever met Mm -hmm. him. So yeah. when I met him, I was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're like a mentor. You're mentor. <laughs> you didn't know about this around a 21 loss of leadership. Yeah. So, you know, you can, if you're looking for frameworks, roadmaps, advice, mm-hmm. success stories, you can find those, you know, probably in a format now with online courses mm-hmm. and podcasts like this and uh, books where you don't actually have to have proximity to the person right. or to get value out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can move in a little bit and maybe you have somebody like my first mentor, Deke Swanson who made an investment to put me in a building. Mm-hmm. And and those early years, he was in the height of his career. I was in the height of startup. We didn't have a lot of contact in those years. Yeah. You know, he made the investment. He made sure we were paying our rent. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, it wasn't until years later when my career became more stable and he retired that we started mm. these regular lunch meetings. So there was a period of time where it was like an injection yeah. into what I did. Here's some like, resources. Here you go. <laughs> and I know you'll do great. Call me. Yep. Yeah. Call. And then there's more formal program type mm-hmm. uh, mentoring opportunities, like more than just great dancing yep. and what you became a part of. And I'm a part mm-hmm. of a network through Darren Hardy. He's mm-hmm. the former publisher of Success Magazine. And that's it's training oriented. Like I go to school. Right. Yes. With Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. And I show up twice a year and we take class and it's three days and I'm mm-hmm. watching seminars and that's formal instruction. And then I think there's personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you and I now yeah. enjoy a lot of our mentorship mm-hmm. where you can text me mm-hmm. and celebrate what's going great and you know also say, hey, this is not going <laughs> yeah, great. Right. And what would you do? What How you should do? I handle this? So mm-hmm. I found that really helpful to just kind of say for what I need yeah. right now. And the reality is, is I have all four of those things going exactly. right now, but I didn't start that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's a whole bunch of, you know, kind of external podcast type book yep. mentorship. I'm receiving all the way out to, you know, personal relationship mm-hmm. type. And did there come a point where you decided, yeah, if I want the level of mentorship that yes. I need, yes. I have to make an investment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the early <laughs> days, really, it's all the time or money that I had was yep. to buy that 21 <laughs> Laws of Leadership book. The I'm book. Like, yeah. I don't know anything about this. I'll get a book, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get you get the book. And then after that, then, you know, I had Deke make the investment. I was like, okay, now I've got the studio building. Thanks, Deke. And I've got a book. Mm-hmm. So you kind of start working with that. And then, you know, I got probably... I'm going to say 10 years into business and just kind of out of survival mode. And I thought, no, I actually need training. <laughs> like I need to be a part of a program and I also need accountability. Yeah. Because I just know that human nature is I would go to these seminars, a summer seminar by mm-hmm. myself and I'd get a notebook or a binder, all this great information. I bring it home with the intention. Mm-hmm to yep. activate Implement. everything and then yeah. it, you know it's in the way so I can move it to the sidebar and then all of a sudden I'm like it's in a box where good intentions yeah, are like I never I, looked at it again <laughs> I, I didn't do so I knew I needed accountability I knew I needed community yep and by that time honestly I was just really felt lonely yeah being a leader because at that point we had employees we had clients we were you know managing the growth of the business and I thought, mm-hmm. man I need to get myself in an environment where I have to show up on a regular basis yeah, and show my work mm-hmm. and where I have a community around me because leadership is lonely. And that's right. why I became involved in Darren Hardy's program and really some of the best mentoring and personal relationships mm-hmm. that I enjoy today have come through that and through more than just great dancing, yeah. which was what was created out of that time. Cause I was in that program and I thought, Oh my goodness, like I could do something like this. For, for my industry, owners, yeah, right? because I can't be the only one, right? Who would like a roadmap and who would like community mm-hmm. and believes in a mission like dance to have this positive impact on the yeah. community. That's cool. So that program was really the yes. launch pad for more than just great dancing. It was and at that time. I look back, you know, his program's super well developed now. I mean, there's so many, there's levels and mm-hmm. you know, courses and live events and yeah. online communities, but it really was just this three day event. I love that. <laughs> there was yeah. just 20 of us. So sure. again, you know, you can look group. at something about what is so well developed now, but it started with 20 people. Yeah. And my studio just started with a couple hundred kids and, yep. you know, just me with my paper ledgers. Yeah. You start small and then 
just follow the path and follow yes. those nudges and see where it goes. What would you say if someone's like, okay, I really want to mentor. I'm going to seek out these people. I maybe have someone in mind. What does the mentor want from the mentee yes. to continue to pour into them? Yes. So I can give you a very straightforward <laughs> answer from one of my mentors. So one of my mentors, his name is Dave Linegar, and mm. he's the founder of the Three. International <laughs> Giant Remax. Yes. We were at a Darren Hardy event together. Okay. And it was a speaking competition. He got first place. I got second place. <laughs> and he came up to me afterwards and he said, I played from my experience today. You played from your ambition. Mm-hmm. He said, I just came in and I didn't know what I was going to speak about. I just kind of read the room and shared what I thought was important. But you came in prepared. Mm-hmm. You you came here uh, with it with a drive in you mm-hmm. to learn and to grow. He said, and, and that had a positive impact on me. And at that point, he was in his late 60s and he's yeah. coming out of a, a coma and some serious, wow. can read about his story, but yeah. it's quite a comeback story. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'd like to be your mentor. The only thing I ask is that you do something with it. Yes. And I have worked every day for mm-hmm. every one of my mentors to do something with their generosity towards yeah. me, whether it was advice or time or in Deke's case, an actual investment of mm-hmm. building a building that I was able to rent until I could purchase it. Yeah. And one of the best moments of my career was talking to Deke about, you know, just reminiscing over this 26 years of the studio. And he said, you're the best investment I ever made, kid. Mm. And That's the best. Oh, oh, yeah. Tears smiling in your eyes. I know. Just to, just to know that, you know, in his estimation, I did mm-hmm. well. With yeah, that head start that he gave me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. We could talk about mentorship forever. Um, but growth mindset is obviously huge for you. I think that's one of the most challenging things when you get to a certain level, though, is like, how do I continue to grow? Right. And then when you're teaching other people who are climbing the ladder yeah, as well, you can, only, you can only grow as far as your yes. leader is, right? Or as far as you are. So what do you do right now to continue to grow personally and professionally? Well, I wish I could give credit. Maybe it's John Maxwell. But there's a <laughs> phrase called the law of the lid. Mm, and the yes. It's just exactly. It is Jen. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I guess I'm assuming that came out of one of my early book mentoring sessions mm-hmm. with John. And you know, just the idea for those who are listening is, you know, you're going to hit a lid. Yeah. And you're only going to be able to bring people along as far as you have come. Right. Yes. And in a very simple case, as a dance example, like yeah. I can't teach a dance move I've never done myself. Exactly. I wouldn't know how to break it down. Yep. I wouldn't know how to create the scaffolds or building blocks or the coaching so they can do it safely or mm-hmm. excellently. So you really can't take people where you have not been mm-hmm. before. So as we built more than just great dancing. Well, let me back up to the studio. As we built the studio, it became very clear very fast that (laughs) That you're not going to keep up physically Mm -hmm. with what the kids were able to do. Yeah. So even before I was thinking there's a potential conflict of me being at the studio all the time and not with Mm -hmm. this growing family that I had, I was aware that I was not going to be expert at most of the things that we taught. So we started trying to figure out who's better. Yep, bringing in expert teachers and hip hop and yep. tap and at contemporary. So mm-hmm. that I think was something that I I, I do give myself credit for recognizing right mm-hmm. away. Might have just been sheer embarrassment. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it is time. It's time. <laughs> but now at more than just great dancing, when I became a business coach and a business leader, I also realized that if I'm doing my job well, they're going to catch yeah, up to me are really exactly. fast. Which means that I have to keep, keep going, going and growing. growing. So <laughs> that really timed well for me to be a part of Darren Hardy's program mm-hmm. because 
as his yep. program was growing and he was launching new products and training mm-hmm. seminars and opportunities. And I was meeting people through that program. Yep. I was able to continue to accelerate my own development. Mm-hmm. And then just a few years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going for a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> so my husband is still like, why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> You're doing a paper on a Haven't you done enough? And, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is, is I don't need to do that. But I think that's part of what makes it so exciting. Yeah. Is that I'm just really there for the love of learning. Yeah. I, I want to know what the best of my field is, which I consider to be leadership at this mm-hmm. time. The the doctoral degree will be in organizational leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a fun place to be because when I was learning in the early days, it was survival focus. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to make a spreadsheet. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about accounting. So when I was learning, it was just because I had a total skill deficit. Mm-hmm. And then as I've grown, now I'm learning for the like the joy of learning, for yeah. the value of knowledge, for wanting to inspire others that mm-hmm. they can learn new things or, you know, do hard things that you can pick up something totally new yes. too in that like kind of and not last decade but like yes. really what you built with more than just great dancing yeah. it's kind of like a new chapter so Absolutely. like to be able to do that in a totally yeah. new and chapter and it is bending my brain i was like oh my goodness <laughs> school yeah, the discipline. There's a discipline oh, right. to that. Yeah. Going, and going being being an entrepreneur where you can kind of just like, you know, like wing it really a lot of times. Yeah. I just built my slides before I started this. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. So that that has been a great, like a, sh- a sharpener for me yeah. professionally as well. Just the level that's expected in there. Yep. You can't improvise. Right. In a graduate program like that. When mm-hmm. absolutely, if I, if they threw me in a class tonight at the studio, I, you could I, improvise. I could that, right? yes. You know, if somebody said, Hey, we need to fill in on stage at a business seminar. I could improvise mm-hmm. that. It'd probably be effective on a one-off basis. Yeah. You, you can't. Improvise. So it's a new challenge it really is. mentally and just, yeah. you know, to just get yourself back in there. Well, I would love to know, um, as you kind of, grew in your business and your personal development, because we know it's a personal development journey to start a business, you know, you reach a certain level and then you got up level again. So what were maybe some mindsets or old identities that you had to get rid of to kind of go to those higher levels of achievement? Oh gosh, such a great question. Well, I mentioned one already, the idea that I had to be expert at everything or that I had to do it all or that because you can, you should do it all. Mm -hmm. I think the idea also that if I were to let people in a little bit more on the details of the business, that I would somehow lose control. I think a lot Mm. of entrepreneurs, they're (laughs) afraid to kind of show how things work. Right. But I have become very transparent with my team. You know, this is what it takes to run a school of this size, with a payroll of our size, Mm -hmm. with the benefits that we offer, with the facility that we support, Mm -hmm. with the type of quality training Mm -hmm. that we provide for our teachers, which then we provide for our students. So I've gotten much more confident about Mm -hmm. that over the years, which I think becomes a burden sharing. Yeah. Um, It's a capacity to share the burden of mm-hmm. running the school, not just the schedule. And I think right. there's a big difference between, oh, yeah. like, I'm not on all the classes and we're sharing the burden of the schedule. Like, we are sharing the burden of the responsibility for the school. Of we're the sharing business. the burden, yeah. burden of the business. Now, on the other hand, when I started doing more of that, we we experienced more success in the business, and then we were able to have more of what we wanted, which was, mm-hmm. you know, growth opportunities and health insurance. It took me 25 years to be able to afford health insurance. 
yeah. for our team members, but I can go back and see there's a direct correlation between me getting more hands involved in actual business management, yeah. not just filling hours on a schedule right. and the ability mm-hmm. to do that because it's something that they wanted and needed and yep. we just created a clear path. And I know that's a simple example, but that was a big mind set mm-hmm. shift for me. I think also just embracing each season that you're in. Mm-hmm. I'm in a season where I'm not at the studio a lot right now because I have three of my five kids who are out of school. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, out of high school. So I'm traveling to see them at their colleges mm-hmm. or in their careers. I want to be very present for the two who are still in high school and to be okay, not being as physically present and to trust, not just with business transparency, but trust the culture yeah, that your, right. your values would be represented Yep. according to what's important and according to your brand when you're not there. Mm-hmm. So I think there's kind of that back end piece. Like mm-hmm. I can show you a little bit more and I can trust you yep. to help share responsibility for this. And then I can also have confidence that if mm-hmm. I'm not here, people are interacting with clients and they're leaving classrooms and they're answering questions in the way, in the culture, mm-hmm. in the style that we've said that's important. They're kind of a like a, a yeah, point they fit together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one side and the other side yeah. and they fit together. Yeah, I love that. And do you feel like in the early years, you t- would you have any guilt towards not being at the studio? Yes, absolutely. I, I think I every like, business owner can relate to that on uh, some level. I was the worst about it. And then when I started saying, no, I'm going to spend more time at home, I was physically home, but mentally I was right. there. Yes. Mentally, I was at the studio. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, really to to date myself, this is kind of pre-internet era. So if right. I wasn't there, I really had no you really didn't. I couldn't yeah. look at security cameras. There wasn't a online computer software where I could see enrollment Mm -hmm. or anything. So it really was kind of a blind leap of faith. Mm -hmm. Now that we are so digitally connected, I feel like, oh, I sometimes would like to go back to the day where I could actually check out and (laughs) go and not be there. Yeah. Or when you're not there, you can like, you could disconnect, which Which I think we can't. I mean, we can, and we have to do it by choice, but it's very, very difficult. So Mm -hmm. I find myself in a new way having a hard time mm-hmm. disconnecting. Yeah. Not, totally. not in, you know, the like, I have no idea what's going on, but in the, I could know what's going on. Exactly. I so not? I, yeah. So yeah. I need to, yeah. Be able to do that. What is your biggest joy in business and life currently? Oh my goodness. The, the biggest joy is seeing either our team members or our clients succeed. Like mm-hmm. nothing gives me greater joy than to get a thank you card or an email sharing a win celebration. And they can be small wins. Mm-hmm. It can be the, the little kid who cried for the first two months of class and goes into class on her own. Mm-hmm. And a teacher shoots me an email saying, Hey, just want to let you know, I know I reached out last week. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure to do this kiddo wouldn't come in and total victory. She came in, didn't dance, but <laughs> came in the classroom. Yeah. I can get as much joy out of that as just yesterday. I got an email from a client saying that they had, because of a course we provided through more than just great dancing, they had gone through a grant making process in their community and got an almost million dollar grant to help wow. shelter the unhoused in their community wow. during winter through the United Way. I can get those two yeah. messages on the same day and it, it's like an equal victory mm-hmm. for me because the the commonality is something we did or an environment we created mm-hmm. or a training we developed helped that person to make that next important step. Yeah. And that's absolutely. what, that's what keeps me in this game. Mm-hmm. It's a people development mm-hmm. process. It's not a dance recital producing process. It's right. who we become. 
The yeah. process is the stuff that lasts. Yeah. Right. Like a dance lasts three minutes. Yeah. You exactly. Know, uh, a business seminar lasts three days. Mm-hmm. But what do we get of long-term or even eternal value mm-hmm. through our relationships and yep. through how we interact with people? That. Yeah. And that's like that legacy piece that I think you have really um, hammered home with anyone that you are in community or relationship with is um, wanting to be a part of the journey for the lifelong, like, yes, eternity of it, like you were saying, um, because it's too much work. And I say this a little bit tongue in cheek, but it is true. If we spend 32 weeks or 34 weeks, however long our dance season is now, and the only outcome is a three-minute dance, like that, right. doesn't, that doesn't math out, mm-hmm. you know. But if through that 34 weeks, we develop friendships and perseverance and we learn to get up when we fall down and to finish what mm-hmm. we start and we build confidence and all of that goes on display for three minutes and it sticks with them for a lifetime, mm-hmm. oh, we couldn't have made a better investment. Right. Same thing for coaching a business. Yeah, I was just going to say you know, with If you're just coming to my three-day seminar, mm-hmm. You know, and that's all all you get out of it is your certificate that you can post right. about. I just went to the seminar. It's not really of lasting value. But if you go back and you're able to write a grant or provide more employment mm-hmm. or amplify your programming or up-level the excellence with which you mm-hmm. operate. Yeah. And I think to even just be a part of people's journey, like you've supported so many people, even selling their studio business or moving on to the next chapter of their life, really, as a human and to continue to support them, too, um, is really cool. You know, if I could say something to that, Mm -hmm. I think going back to your mindset comment, I think a lot of people, entrepreneurs or not, we... We fear making change in our mm-hmm. lives because we fear how other people will respond to yeah. it. Right? And healthy things grow. <laughs> yeah. It's all around us mm-hmm. in God's creation. So if something is healthy, it's growing and it's changing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if somebody were to say to somebody, like, wow, you've changed, why do we necessarily ha- why do we think that's necessarily a negative comment? Right. Now, sometimes it, it can be, be like, but oh, this <laughs> nice, yeah, this nice friend in high school, and you know, wow, I saw them again and they had really changed in that. You're like saying that in a negative sense, but overall, I would hope that somebody would say of me, wow, she's really changed Yeah, because I don't want to be, you don't want to be the, the novice, scared 20 year old who didn't mm-hmm. know what I was doing and was navigating everything on a, a shoestring and just, <laughs> you know, got in tears. I mean, it was yeah. just a really difficult, gritty time of life. Yeah. I hope I've changed. Uh, same. <laughs> I hope I've become more stable, more consistent, more patient, mm-hmm. more visionary, Yeah, a, a better steward, uh, more willing to take risk and invest. Like, I mm-hmm. hope I have. Yeah. Change. And I think just for me personally, that was one of my biggest fears of like leaving my studio was am I ever going to see you again? Or is it worth it for you to even keep me in your community or what, what all those like fears that run through our mind. And I still remember being in this office and you giving me a hug and being like, in a year, you will tell me this is the best decision you've ever made. Here we are. And here we are. are. What did you say today? And I said, this is the best decision I've ever made. And I'm just so grateful that I'm, I now I feel like I even have a deeper relationship with you because 
life has changed so much. And now I get to pursue the things that I'm really passionate about. And I think you are a teacher through and through, just like I have always been too. And so it's been cool to like, just stay connected in that way. So and that's an interesting thing, maybe for your listeners to think about. So I absolutely identify as a teacher. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would characterize me as an entrepreneur or as yep. a business owner. And I use that language a lot because yep. it's the topic that I teach. Yes, exactly. But my first identity will always mm-hmm. be as a teacher. Yep. Like I said earlier, I used to teach kids and then I helped mm-hmm. to coach the teachers and then the admin team and then business owners. Mm-hmm. But that through line in everything that I've done Yep. is just trying to equip, inspire, to make somebody's path a little bit easier, yep. to help somebody with their wayfinding or to you know art, articulate the steps they need to take to get mm-hmm. towards their goal. It's it's teaching for it sure. Is. And I think yeah. that's why I have such a heart in the community. If you, you know, we're looking at our year-end giving now and you know, trying to figure out how we can you know best give back mm-hmm. in our community, I'm always drawn towards those who work in teaching capacities mm-hmm. or with our youth because I just think, Small business and schools, small business and youth programs, our youth serving agencies, mm-hmm. they're the fabric of our community. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm so passionate about the Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club because I, I started teaching at the Boys and Girls Club years ago. And mm-hmm. I just know what a positive impact that yeah. it can have on a kid to have caring adults in an after school setting. I look back to high school and middle yep. school. Some of the biggest influences during that time period were teachers. Teachers. I look at my kids now and they're looking up to their coaches and their youth pastors. So I just, I I love that idea that through teaching, we can transform. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What are you most proud of about yourself? Oh my goodness. I think I'm most proud of the fact that I just kept getting up. So I, I I look back recently as Facebook shows, you know, you know, from, from the past, good or good or bad, but it showed me a picture where I, I was at a seminar and I was learning, but as I looked at the date, I thought, oh my gosh, just a week prior, I had overcome one of the biggest challenges of my life. And I looked mm-hmm. at that picture. I'm like, I'm really proud of myself on that date because I could have really just stayed home. Mm-hmm. I, that could have been a day where I hid from yep. the world because the week prior had mm-hmm. been so difficult, you know, so yeah. much so where years later, I look back, I'm like, and I, you remember. Like, I, know, <laughs> I know what that day yeah. is. And I think that in big and small ways, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody just saying, you know, I'm upset your product wasn't delivered or what I thought, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who made it, that feels like the worst so thing, worst thing <laughs> Someone but could say. to say like, okay, I'm, this is what's in front of me. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to fix mm-hmm. it. I'll apologize. I'll, or explain mm-hmm. sometimes the customer's not always right. Right. You just yes. have to explain. Yes. And then go on. And now I look back, I'm like, those are small things or like really big things mm-hmm. where you look back and you say, wow, I'm really proud of myself mm-hmm. for putting myself back out there yep. and trying again or continuing to learn and grow. So I I, th- I think that's something that's very, very recent. I think if I want to go more global, just that through it all, I've always attempted to prioritize family and faith. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of along the side of like, you know, you can grow and change over time. I've always kept those things at the mm-hmm. core. So as I've had, you know, bigger and more, you know, like exciting opportunities and experiences, I've never forgotten where I came from. Yeah, I've never right. forgotten, you know, those core values of family and faith. So those are the two things. I think mm-hmm. that rootedness yep. and that resilience, yes. those are two things I'd like to be known for that mm-hmm. for as much as I grew, I remained rooted yep. and for as many challenges that I 
face to ever being Brazilian. I love that. Rooted and resilient. Yes. I might develop That's a business. A new... I might get a URL yeah. after this. Don't, that could be a book. Get it. I love it. My last and final question is what drives your soul today? What do you get up for each morning? I get up to make a difference. So, you know, at, at, at this point, I don't need to work as hard as I'm working <laughs> today, but it gives me energy to know that the programs that we develop, that the people that we coach, the classes we provide mm-hmm. make a tangible difference. So I have a box just on the other side of the desk. <laughs> We're in my office right now. It's kind of a Rubbermaid tote. And I collect cards. Yeah. So whether it's an email that I can print out and put there or a handwritten card. And I have this vision of retirement. I don't know if this is real or not, but I'm just trying to accept this vision for 20 plus years that I'm retired, which probably will never happen. But this is my vision. (laughs) I'm on a beach. Mm. and it's sunshine. It's January, of course, yes. because in Wisconsin, it's not my reality in yes. January. <laughs> and I'm, you know, enjoying a smoothie and I have this jug, like buckets of Rubbermaids and I'm just sitting there and I'm reading mm. the cards, just knowing yeah. that it make a diff- that it made a difference. Mm-hmm. So to me, knowing that I still can, Contributing yeah. to make a difference. I don't actually think I'll ever retire. My grandpa failed. <laughs> I've always said that too. <laughs> my mom jokes that my what grandpa failed that retirement like eight times. He would retire and, and then, then find something, find something else to do. So uh, yeah. it's probably going to me be me, but I I would like to consider my future more about reflection than retirement. I like that. Yeah, and uh, you know I want to be able to look back and reflect. Mm-hmm. You know, on a contribution, reflect on. You know, that overall, we made more right choices than wrong choices. You know, if if we messed up, we, we owned up, we tried to figure it out. We were always trying, mm-hmm. you know, to do the right thing or make things right, to pay it forward, to contribute. Mm-hmm. I, I would like that to be something that I can reflect on Yeah, with confidence. Mm-hmm. And those letters are a piece of that. I love that. I so save those keep, too. Keep yeah. Your kids to write those letters. Yeah. Well, and reading yeah. through all of those is going to like transport you back to all of those phases yeah. of your journey, other people's journey that you got to be a part yeah. of. And like, yeah, what a proud thing to be, to be a part of in that legacy, that impact that can continue on. And um, that sounds like fantastic retirement of reflection yes. to me. So I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And always, um, where can we find you if we want to stay connected with you? Yeah, we'd love to connect. I'm online. So at Misty Lown, pretty much anywhere. There's a <laughs> place to follow people. And then, of course, through MistyStance.com or more than just great dancing or EnsembleSchools.com. Awesome. Well, until next time, keep following what drives your soul. One of my favorite places to shop for all of my workout needs is Willow and Grace Boutique. They have everything from the coziest Lululemon joggers to the cutest oversized sweatshirts, backpacks, scrunchies, jewelry, some amazing gifts that you can purchase for others, and literally everything in between. If you need something to up-level your wardrobe for your workouts or you're looking for great gifts, go check them out inside of Misty's Dance Unlimited in Alaska. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time... Be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.